Thank you for choosing the podcast of East Haven Baptist Church in Brookhaven, Mississippi. For more information on the ministries of East Haven and to access videos and sermon notes from our services, visit www.easthaven.net. I invite you to turn your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 3. The very first verse that I remember memorizing as a Christian is probably no surprise. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, his one and only son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That was the very first verse that I remember memorizing as a child after I came to faith in Christ. The second thing that I memorized was this passage, these two verses we're looking at today. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. And even as a child, there was this this moment of realization and why those verses, those two verses meant so much to me, and I know those two verses mean so much to many of you. The reason those verses meant so much to me as a child was because that was the first time that I truly realized that John 3.16 says that I can have salvation in Christ, where Proverbs chapter 3 verses 5 and 6 tells me that God's not done with me, that God is still leading me, that God wants to guide me, that God wants to direct me throughout my life. So it's not a matter of God saved me and then dropped me off and said, now you're on your own, figure it out yourself. Good luck with that. No, God himself directs our paths. And so I would like this morning, as we're continuing our series called Reclaim, I want us to look at the idea of reclaiming direction in times of uncertainty. Because not only do we experience big times, big seasons of uncertainty, if you look over the last two years or so, there's been a whole lot of uncertainty. But just in our individual lives, we all run into times of uncertainty. We all have seasons of uncertainty. We all have seasons where we say, God, I need your direction. God, I need your guidance. God, I need you to show me what way I should go in this particular circumstance or situation. And so we need to understand how does God direct us and what are some things that we need to see in our lives so that we can understand God's will and God's direction for our lives. Many of you know that whenever I started in a ministry, I started in counseling ministry. That was where I got my start. I was working at a church. I was working in the counseling ministry. And from there, I I went on staff with education staff. And then from there, I did lots of other things, lots of hats I wore over the years. But starting out in counseling ministry, and I still do counseling, on the, uh, not, that's not the full time uh, what I do all my hours of the week, but I, there's, a, there's a substantial portion of my time that is spent doing biblical counseling. And one of the things that I kept seeing again and again, and I still see it today, is that that is one of probably the top five things that I encounter when people come to just sit down and just have some talks with me. It's about how do I know God's direction? How do I know God's will? How do I know what God wants me to do next? And so I want us to look at these two verses this morning with that 
in mind. And maybe you're sitting here this morning and you're saying, I'm so glad that we're talking about this because there are some situations in my life that I'm trying to say, God, what direction should I take? God, what choice should I make? God, what path should I walk down? And so I want us just to look at these two verses and just go through just a verse at a time, a phrase at a time, and look at what God says about direction in times of uncertainty. Well, let me give you a forewarning though, before we start. Understand that Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, this is not a formula. This is not a mechanical way of approaching it. These are not prerequisites that if we check those boxes, then it is assured, well, if I do this and I do this and I do this, then God is going to give me direction. So all I need to do is check this, this, and this, and then God will make good on his promise that he gave. We have to understand, these two verses, like all the rest of Scripture, it is not a matter of prerequisites. It's not a matter of a formula. It's not some mechanical thing, a mechanical approach to knowing God's will. God is not a genie in a bottle that we rub and, and he comes out and he fulfills our wishes. God is not a magic eight ball that we, we shake and then we look and we get an answer. That's not how God works. God reveals his will through relationship. And that's what we're going to find throughout this morning as we look at this. God reveals his will through relationship. Through a growing, deepening, surrendered relationship to God. Him revealing his will is not a result of relationship primarily, although when we have a relationship with God and we're growing in that deep relationship, we can expect that God's going to direct us and lead us. But it is through that relationship that God gives us his will and his direction. So if I'm not cultivating a deep relationship with God, if I'm not seeking to stay close to him, if I'm not surrendering to God on a daily basis, then I may find myself really, really deeply confused about what the will of God is. Now, we don't have time to go into all this today, but there are sometimes you may say, but I am surrendered and I am walking closely with him and I still don't know. And God's taking me through a time of silence. God's taking me through a time where I, I, don't, I don't see a way. And that's perfectly normal as well. But we need to make sure that whenever we have that confusion or we have that uncertainty or we have that, that vague way that we are supposed to go, we need to make sure that we are working on and that we are surrendered to and that we are staying put in a deep growing relationship with God. So with that in mind, the first thing that we find about reclaiming that direction in times of uncertainty is simply this. We are to set our hopes completely upon God. If you need direction in time of uncertainty, set your hope completely upon God. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. That word Lord is the word that means master. He's the ruler over all things. So you can trust him. So we are to set our hope completely upon God. Listen to Isaiah chapter 50, verse 10. Who among you fears the Lord and obeys the voice of his servant? Let him who walks in darkness and has no light trust in the name of the Lord and rely on his God. Let him who walks in darkness and has no light trust in the name of the Lord. Trust in God. Trust in the Lord. Trust that he's in control. Trust that he's got it. 
Trust that even when we can't see what's going on, God's still in control. That God still rules over all, of thi- all things. There's nothing outside of his control. Martin Luther famously said that even the devil is God's devil. That Satan wants to try all these schemes and all these things to, to attack the work of God and to bring down the kingdom of God. And God is saying, but I'm going to use that. Satan wanted the very Messiah crucified. Satan worked in the hearts of individuals to bring that to pass according to God's perfect plan. No one's going to thwart God's plans, not even Satan himself. And so we find that God, as the Lord, rules over all things. So we can trust him. Absolute trust in him. Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3, one of my favorite verses. You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord God is an everlasting rock. You can trust in him. You can rest in that. We should rest in that. If we want direction, we have to, first of all, set our hope completely upon God. Psalm 37, verse 5, commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will act. Now, how are we to trust in him? The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Now, that word heart that we find in the Old Testament, or that word that's used there in Proverbs chapter 3, that is translated as heart, sometimes we, we make the mistake and we limit the scope of that idea to this. Well, I'm to trust in the Lord with all my emotions. I am to feel that deep trust. That's what it means to trust with all your heart. Well, that is one little sliver of what that word means. Because elsewhere in the Old Testament, that particular word is translated not only as heart, but as mind. Sometimes there's another word for mind as well, but that word is also used to be translated as, or translated sometimes as mind. Sometimes that word is translated as sense. Sometimes that word is translated as thoughts. Sometimes that word is translated as yourself. Sometimes that word is translated as myself. And you say, well, what does that word mean then? The meaning of the word is not just the seat of emotions, as we tend to use the word heart. The word is used in a very similar way if you were to say, we need to get down to the heart of the matter. It doesn't mean that we're getting to the emotions of the matter. It means we're getting to the very core. The word heart that is used here, it's the word that means, for lack of a better way of saying it, it's the sum total of who you are inwardly. It's the sum total of who you are inside. So we trust the Lord with the sum total of all that we are. That's the idea. So we commit our hope, we set our hope completely upon God with the sum total of who we are. Can you say that you're doing that? Because that's relationship right there. That's saying, God, I'm going to trust you. Even in the midst of uncertainty, God, I'm going to trust what you're doing. Even when I can't see what you're doing, I'm going to trust that you're there. Even when the way is dark, I'm going to trust you. Even when it's confusing, I'm going to trust you. Even when I have no idea what my next step is supposed to be, I am going to trust you. I am going to fully set my hope upon you. And every area of my life 
I am going to surrender them to you as Lord, as master, as ruler, as the one who is the sovereign king who sits on the throne. I am going to set my hope completely upon you. Let me just ask, is there some area of your life that you have not completely surrendered to God with or in? Maybe something you're holding back and you're saying, God, I need direction, but I've got all these areas and they're my areas. I haven't surrendered them to you. I haven't trusted you in all these areas. God sometimes points out things to me and says, "You you need to relinquish control of that because I'm in control. You need to give me control of it. And sometimes I think, well, God, I have surrendered control of that to you. And it's not until I finally let go of it that I see the claw marks on it and I realize maybe I didn't. Maybe I've been hanging on to that a little, a little too hard. Maybe I have not held those things with an open hand so that God can take or give as he sees fit. See, so often that's what we think. So often we think, oh, no, no, no. If I go to God with an open hand, he's going to take those things from me. Yeah, but can I tell you, you can't receive anything unless you go to God with an open hand as well. So you go to God with everything laid out. You go to God saying, God, it's all yours anyway, and God, here it is. If you want to take it, take it. If you want to give, give. But we hold it with an open hand because we have to set our hope completely upon God and God alone if we're seeking direction. And again, the goal is not direction. The goal is God. The goal is not so we feel better. The goal is God. I can't tell you the number of times over the years I've had people sit down with me and say, I need direction. And they'll say something like this. I'm going to start coming to church. I'm going to start reading my Bible. I'm going to start praying. I'm going to start leading my family in prayer because I need direction. And then they start doing all these things and then they sense that God gives them the direction. And then what do they do? They go right back to the way they were before. Well, now I've got direction. I'm good. You see what the problem was? They weren't after God. They were not after God. They were just after direction. And when you're only after direction so that you'll feel better or know what to do next, and that's all that you're after, what you're really after is yourself. You're really serving yourself instead of serving the Lord God of the universe. You can't just go to God and say, God, I'm going to do these things so then I can get your direction, so then I will be blessed, so then I will prosper in my way. You might as well say, so that I will go knock off the corner gas station, God. It's all about us. It's all about us getting something for nothing. That's not how it works. God, I'm seeking you. God, I'm after you. God, I want to know you. God, I want to surrender to you. Whatever your will is, God, I want that to be my will. Whatever it is that you want to do. My my plans for my life. What's your plan for my life? Lord, I want to do that. I want to surrender to that. No, I know around this time some people say, oh, I don't know if I want to live that way. That seems kind of scary. Can I tell you what's scarier? Living your life for yourself, by your own means, for your own purposes, for, to satisfy your own desires, to reach your own goals, and then at the end of your life realize it was all for nothing. That's terrifying. That's the real terrifying thing. So we are to commit, we are to set our hope completely upon God, commit our way to the Lord. Secondly, we we are to avoid depending on human wisdom. If you want to know God's direction, you have to avoid depending on human wisdom. Notice the second part of Proverbs 3, 5. Do not lean on your own understanding. We are to seek God's wisdom. Now let me go ahead and say, does that mean that anytime we have a thought, that it's a bad thought? 
You go, well, that's coming from human wisdom. That's a bad thought. No, no, that's not what we're saying. It's a good idea if you're, you know, you're, you're, you're in the street and you see a car coming, human wisdom would say, get out of the street. You don't have to pray about that. Get out of the street. There are certain things you just, you just know. You're walking on a tall building and you look down. You go, I wonder if it's a good idea to jump. No, it's not. Don't do that. Okay. And you, you need the Holy Spirit to tell you that. Well, I need to pray. No, you don't need that. You know that. But I'm talking about relying upon human wisdom for things where we should be relying upon God's wisdom for. Uh, listen to Proverbs 14, verse 12. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. There's a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. You see that in the world's working and the world's wisdom today. This is what we're going to value, or this is what we're going to believe in, and this is what we're going to live by, and this is what we're going to cling to. And in the end, it's the way of death. Any way that is not God's way ultimately leads away from God. It ultimately leads to death. Even if it's a good thing, it will lead away from God. It will lead ultimately to death. Listen to Proverbs 28, 26. Whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool, but he who walks in wisdom will be delivered. If we are trusting in our own mind, our own sense of things, our own understanding of things without God's biblical wisdom, then the Bible says that we're fools. Now, this is why we need to have a biblical understanding and stay in God's word. Because so many times we have this idea, well, I'm a Christian now, so that means anything that I feel or anything that I think must be from God. No, 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 no. We have to align our thoughts. We have to align our hearts. We have to surrender our will to the word of God and then stay close to God and allow God to transform our thinking, transform our desires, transform our want tos, get our emotions under control according to the word of God so that then we can clearly understand what God's will is. I've talked to people before and they say, well, I don't agree with X, Y, Z. Because I just feel, I just feel this. What does God's word say? Well, I just feel this. I had one guy tell me one time, he said, I don't, I don't even read the Bible anymore. I'm just going by what I feel because I have the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit guides me. And, and some of the things he was saying, I was saying, clearly that's not the Holy Spirit guiding you. And he said, well, I, I feel that it is. Well, you feel wrong. You know, we wake up a lot of days. You may feel a certain way when you wake up. That's that's not necessarily a good thing whenever you wake up. You may feel like, I don't feel like going to work today. But you know, if you don't go to work, you don't get, you don't work, you don't get paid, you don't get paid, you don't eat. You may say, well, I don't feel like this. I don't feel like that. But we have to understand, we have to go by what God's word says. We avoid depending on human wisdom. One old writer penned these words. Some people are wise, some otherwise. Don't name names in your heart. Some people are wise, some otherwise. We must not depend solely upon human wisdom. God's wisdom is there. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Not on your own understanding. Now, sometimes you may have an understanding that, that you, you can think through something and then you read God's word and you say, okay, okay, I see, how, I see how that works. Or I see how I may need to change my thinking in some way. Absolutely. 
but we cannot rely solely upon human wisdom. And we definitely cannot rely upon human wisdom if it is separated from the Word of God. Or a little earlier in Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 1, verse 20. We find that wisdom is personified. That is, wisdom, it, it, this, this inanimate, abstract concept of wisdom is given human characteristics so we can sort of understand it in a creative way. And we find this in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 20. Wisdom cries aloud in the street. In the market, she raises her voice. At the head of the noisy street, she cries out. At the entrance of the city gate, she speaks. How long, O simple ones, will you love being simple? How long will scoffers delight in their scoffing and fools hate knowledge? If you turn at my reproof, behold, I will pour out my spirit to you. I will make my words known to you. You find that wisdom is personified as a a woman standing in this marketplace crying out saying, Come, let me give you what I have. Let me give you the valuable things that I have to give you. Don't turn in here and let me provide you with what you need the most. Like a, when we were in Israel and we were walking through the old city and we were walking through the marketplace and, and the, the people there at the different stalls were calling out and yelling out what they had. We've got the best this and we've got the best that and we've got this for three for five dollars and somebody's yelling, I got four for five dollars and everybody's yelling out and there's just this this noise, this din that is just going on over all. You're trying to talk, you can't even hear because of all the people yelling at each other. And he says that the over all of those is this voice. Amid all those voices trying to get you to come in here and buy this and come in here and spend your time, spend your effort and spend all that you have on these particular things, the voice of wisdom is crying out saying, come, come to me come to me come to me god's word cries out come to me god's word cries out how long O simple ones will you love being simple how long will scoffers delight in their scoffing and fools hate knowledge if you turn at my reproof behold i will pour out my spirit to you i will make my words known to you that kind of offer that kind of offer that god makes why on earth would we settle for something less than that why on earth do we say no you know what I can figure it out myself. No, thank you very much, wisdom. I've got all I need. No, I'm going to prefer this or this or this. I'm going to get my version of truth from network news or I'll get it from the internet or social media will inform me. I don't need your wisdom. No, no. Wisdom says, how long? How long will you keep turning aside? How long will you keep ignoring me? Wisdom is crying out. So if we want God's direction, we must avoid depending on human wisdom. Next, we we must seek to know God and make him known always. If we're going to get God's direction, we have to seek to know him and make him known always. In all your ways, acknowledge him. That word acknowledge is the same word that means to know him. In all your ways, know him. Sometimes we think of acknowledge in the same way that we think of when we're driving through our neighborhood or we're driving down the street and we pass somebody we know and we just sort of nod our head back at them what's up kind of give them the little nod kind of give them the little you know kind of give them a little wave hey how's it going and we acknowledge them that's how we tend to think of it in all our ways give a nod to god that's not what the word means the word means in all our ways know god in all our ways know him deeply in all our ways know him intimately in all our ways know him 
as a real person with whom we have a relationship. In all our ways, we are to seek to know him and make him known. Listen to what Paul prays to the church at Ephesus in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17. He prays that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. The first thing that Paul prays, he says, I I never fail to give thanks for you. And then he immediately says, and I pray that you'll know God. I pray that he'll give you the Holy Spirit in such a way that you'll surrender the Holy Spirit and you will know God. You will know Christ at a deep level, not just know him in the sense of salvation. You will continually nurture that relationship. And I pray that he does that. John 17, 3. This is the point of the whole thing. And this is eternal life that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. The words of Jesus. What's eternal life? Knowing God through Jesus. Knowing God through Jesus. And listen, if you don't know Christ, there's no way that you're going to know the direction that God has. Well, if you don't know Christ, there is only one direction. That is continually away from God to a very real hell to be separated from him for all eternity. That's the direction. It's a one-way thing. But in Christ, all of us who before Christ are on that one-way street, and all of us are headed in that direction, away from God to an eternal hell. But God, in his mercy, when he sent Jesus to die on the cross for our sins, in our place, and if we trust in him by faith, we trust in him with that gift that has been offered. We trust in him. Then he changes our direction. He changes our direction heavenward. We, we confess, we repent, we surrender to him. And now we have eternal life. And what is eternal life? That they may know you, God, and Jesus Christ, whom you've sent. So that's when our direction changes as followers of Christ. But it doesn't end there. We are to seek to know him and make him known always. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 18. Peter writes, But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. Grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Are you growing in the knowledge of God? I don't mean are you growing in what you know about God. I'm talking about are you growing in knowing God. There was a young lady that I taught a number of years ago whenever I was teaching high school. And she was just all completely consumed with this particular movie star. And I would, I would come into class and every day she, she wanted to tell everybody, well, you know what, what so-and-so did yesterday? He did so-and-so. They saw him at this restaurant out in Beverly Hills and he was eating at this restaurant and he was there with his girlfriend and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so some of the other kids liked to ask her questions. How tall is he? Oh, he's, he's, he's five foot 10. How much does he weigh? Oh, he weighs, uh, you know, 170 pounds, you know, and she just loved it. Know all these things. And she, one day she said, I need you all to understand. I just know him. And I said, you know about him, dear. And she said, no, I know him. And I said, let me tell you something. If you stepped on an elevator with him, she said, oh, oh, oh. Oh, just the thought. I said, well, you're on an elevator with him with his security team, okay? Let's just qualify this. You're on an elevator. He wouldn't know you. She said, I think he would see how much I know about him 
And that would be enough. I said, probably so. They would probably cuff you and take you away. Knowing about and knowing are two different things. Knowing about God and knowing God are two different things. Now, I know sometimes people say, no, it's not. Can I just tell you, Satan knows a whole lot about God. But he does not know God in the way that a follower of Christ knows God. Not in that sense, no. But he knows a whole lot about God. He has been been around God a whole lot longer than we have. He knows about God, but he doesn't know God in that way. He doesn't have that intimate, deep, connected love relationship with God that we have as followers of Christ that he calls us to have. We are to know him and know and make him known. Listen to 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 15. Peter writes, but in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. In your hearts, in that inner person, honor Christ the Lord as holy and be prepared to make a defense to anyone. Be prepared to tell them why you have hope. Be prepared to make Christ known. To make him known in your life. To make him known by your testimony. But can I just tell you, you, you can only make someone or something known intentionally if you know that personally. So if we're going to be intentional in making Christ known, then we need to know him personally and specifically so if we're going to know the direction that god wants us to go we need to first know god we need to first know what's the heart of god what are the desires of god what does god desire where does god desire me to go it's not a matter of i show up and i say god here are my plans bless them god these are the paths i want to take bless them i i had a i had somebody come to me a number of years ago and said, well, I have these three, I have these three paths and I'm asking God to show me which one. And I said, well, who came up with the three? He said, I did. I said, do you think that maybe God has some other plans? Well, I hope not. Cause these are the three that, these are the three that I've decided who, these were his words verbatim. These are the three options I have decided I can live with. So I just sat there and looked at him and it had to be a Holy spirit moment. And I said, well, let me ask you this. What are the, what, what, say that again. And he says, these are the three options that I can live with. And I asked him, I said, what are the options you would die for? And he said, those are not included on my list. I said, I think you better include those on your list. You need to be able to put everything on the table and say, God, I will suffer the loss of all things. For the surpassing worth of knowing you. Not just what am I going to live for. God, what am I willing to die for? And if you can't say all of it, then you maybe need to revisit the priorities. You maybe need to revisit that list. Not just what are you living for. Not just what are the options you can live with. No. Who and what are you going to die for? Because rest assured, a walk with Christ requires surrender. And what is surrender? Dying to self. We die daily to self. God never says, just do better. No, he says, you have to die better. You have to die more. So relinquish more to me. Surrender more to me. Lay it all out before me. If we're going to know his direction, we have to be willing to lay everything down. And then, 
And then we trust God's promise to guide. He will make straight your path. Some translation, he will make your paths clear. Other translations, he will make your paths obvious. Obvious. Uh, right before I moved to East Tennessee, I went hiking up Mount LeConte with a couple of friends of mine. It was the first time I'd been up Mount LeConte. It's the second highest peak in the Smokies. And I went hiking with them, a couple of buddies of mine. And I got up ahead of them. And I was walking and I reached this point up on a high ridge. And what I didn't know, because of all the rock around, I didn't know that the trail went back up at a steep angle back behind me to my right. And so I'm standing there on this rock looking out over this view. I'd never been on this trail before. And I happened to look down to my left and I saw what appeared to be a trail going downhill. Even though I was halfway up the mountain, this one was going down. And I thought, well, maybe it's going to wind its way around and maybe I just need to, maybe I'll just go this way. So I head off in that direction. Well, I got about five, 10 yards down and I thought, this is really steep. And I got another five or 10 yards and I thought, this is even steeper than the first five or 10 yards. And I went a little farther and I went a little farther and I went a little farther and I had a little misstep and I started sliding and I thought, I don't think this is the trail. I don't think there's a slide on this, on this trail map. And I grabbed hold of a tree and I was just sort of hanging out literally. And, um, and I kind of looked over the edge. Well, there was nothing. It wasn't a trail. It wasn't a path. So I climbed my way back up there in time to see my friends. And they're standing there with a the trail map. And when I climbed up there out of the bushes, one of them said, that's not the way. I agree. Not just from the map, but by experience, this is not the way. It is a way. It's not the way. Can I just tell you? When we trust God's promise to guide us, to make our paths straight, to make our paths obvious, we may not see on out farther away, but we will know what that next step is. And it may seem like a switchback and it may seem like, God, I'm going back the way I came. God, that can't be right. But can I just tell you that God is faithful to his promise to give us direction, to give us, to show us the right way, to show us the best way. And he will make that clear. But it's through relationship. It's through that trust in him with everything that is within us. It is through not leaning on our own understanding, but leaning upon his, his wisdom. It's knowing him and seeking to know him in all our ways and then to make him known. And then through that relationship, God gives us wisdom. And it's not just God's giving us wisdom and direction to find the next step. It's wisdom and direction as we walk with him. That's the point. It's not just God points and says that way. It's that God is saying, I'm going with you there. I'm not just pointing you off and say, go figure it out. Go with me. That's not what he says. Not in the sense of just go in my graces, go in my power, just go do that. No, no, no. He's with us. He's with us as we walk. He doesn't direct us away from himself. He brings us to himself to walk with him in that. He will make straight your paths. He's making them straight because he's there and it's his path. 
Psalm 25, 4, make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Psalm 27, 11, teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me on a level path because of my enemies. Psalm 16, 11, you make known to me the path of life in your presence. There is fullness of joy at your right hand or pleasures forevermore. We trust God's promise to guide us by us, with us. Emmanuel, God with us. Lo, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. He's with us, walking with us. That's why it's so important to cultivate that relationship with him. Because it's not that he's pointing us off to go. It's that he is bringing us to himself to walk with us through that. These two verses seem to be fleshed out in more fullness in Proverbs chapter 2. I just want to read this and then we'll, we'll close. Don't miss what God's word says here. Proverbs chapter 2 verse 1. My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding, yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice and watching over the way of his saints. Then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity, every good path. For wisdom will come into your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will watch over you. Understanding will guard you, delivering you from the way of evil, from men of perverted speech who forsake the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness, who rejoice in doing evil and delight in the perverseness of evil, men whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. God promises that he'll give us direction, he'll give us guidance, he'll give us leadership through a relationship with him. And that relationship with God is only established and is only secure in a relationship with Christ by faith in him. Have you made that decision to follow Christ today? Have you followed Christ? Have you surrendered to him as Savior? Have you surrendered to him as master, as Lord over all of your life? If not, let me invite you to do that today. Come to Christ. Don't delay. Come to Christ. Surrender to him. Follow him today. Wherever he may lead, it's the best. Wherever he may say go, it's the best. It is the best thing. It is the thing that brings him the most glory. Oh, you say, I don't know about that. Can I just tell you? The other option is a one-way path away from God, separated from him for all eternity in hell. But in his presence, that's the way of life. In his presence and in the knowledge of Christ, that's eternal life. And then we can know God, walk with him, be brought back into right relationship with him, reconciled to God by his son. And maybe you're here this morning and you say, I, I'm already following Christ, but I've gotten off I've been seeking direction and I don't know where to go next. Can I tell you, your most important thing, the most important priority, the number one priority right now for you is not the direction. Your number one priority right now is the person, the person of Christ. You need to get close to Christ, stay close to Christ, surrender to Christ, make sure you're clean before Christ, lay all of that out, 
and then trust him that he will direct in his time in his way. And there are numerous ways he does that, primarily through God's word. Stay in his word. Feed on his word. Feed. Stay put. Surrender. That's what God would have us to do. Because God reveals his will and God reveals his direction through relationship. And that relationship is only found in Jesus. Let's pray. Lord God, we come before you. We recognize that so many times we're trying to find the next step in the way. And all the while, Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. And we forsake the capital W way to try to figure out what our lowercase w way is. Father, everything's wrapped up in the knowledge of you, found in the knowledge of Christ. Father, we run to so many other things, so many other ways to try to find the way. So many other voices, so many other maps our feelings, our preferences, our opinions, our own human thoughts, our own fallibility, our own lack of understanding. And we take all of these things and we try to cobble them together to try to piece them together to make some sort of roadmap so we know what the next step is. And all the while, wisdom is calling out saying, come to me. All the while, your word, you cry out to us and you say, here it is right here. Not found in a map, not found in a formula, not found in some mechanical way of doing things, but found in the person of Jesus. The only way we can understand our lives, the only way we can understand who we are as created beings, the only way we can understand how to live right now, the only way we can understand about what is to happen in the future, not only the future here on earth, but in the eternal realm of what will happen. The only way we can understand that is through Christ when we are in Christ. So Father, I pray that today anybody who's never made that decision would make that decision and today would be the day they would say yes to Jesus. They would surrender their lives fully to Him. Not so that they can find direction, but so they can know You. And by walking with You, You will direct their paths for Your glory. That's what we seek, God. Father, I pray for anybody here who's already a follower of Christ. And they may say, I need direction. Father, I pray that you would draw them even closer to yourself. And in your time and in your way, even if after a time of of divine silence, you speak from your word to them about what the next step of obedience and faith is. Father, I pray all over this room, pray people watching listening now or even later father i pray that right now in this moment father i just ask that you would do a work in each of us and whatever that next step of faith is for each person here whether that's a step toward you and that first step of salvation and surrendering to Christ, or whether it's that next step of faith for somebody who is a a seasoned believer who has been following you for years and years, or whether it's a believer, someone who has just come to you here recently. Father, I pray that you would reveal 
your next step of faith to each one of us because the reality is every single one of us has a next step of faith. God never, God, you never allow us to stay as we are. God, you, you want us to take that next step. And each one of us has one. So may we never sit back, Lord God, and look at you and say, I'm good. I'm fine as I am. No, God, you want to grow us in the knowledge of Christ. So, Father, I pray you do just that. Father, we give this time to you, whatever decision that needs to be made, whatever, whatever movement, whatever, whatever anyone needs to do in this time, whether it's to come forward and pray or whether it's to surrender to you, Maybe, just, maybe they just want to ask someone to pray for them about something. Father, I pray they'd have the freedom to respond. And we ask this in Jesus' name.